Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mountains of Magic podcast, your place for Walt Disney World tips and tricks with occasionally a few more things wrinkled in there. But this is episode 69, Navigating Walt Disney World Without Genie Plus. <laughs> everyone. Happy Tuesday to you. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it if you are a fan of the little show here. If you went and left a rating or review wherever you listen, it is so very helpful. And if you've heard me say that multiple times and you've never left one, let me just let you know it matters so much. It helps other people find the podcast. And even if I can't call you out by name, which I will if you leave your name in the review, um, greatly appreciated if you could take a second to do that. So we're talking Genie Plus today, but we're talking the opposite of not getting Genie Plus and what that means and what that looks like in the theme parks right now. So I was in Walt Disney World two weeks ago to date. During that week, Genie Plus was the highest price that it had been. And at the time, that was $29 per person. We had seen those prices for Genie Plus the week after Christmas, kind of between Christmas and New Year's. That is normally when the parks are really, really busy. So if you kind of want to know during your vacation level of busyness or sort of the weeks leading up to it, look at the cost of Genie Plus. So I was kind of down about that. I knew we were going during spring break. It was going to be busy, um, but I'd been watching the price weeks prior and it hadn't quite gotten up to that amount. Well, last week, though, when, I, when Tron opened and Happily Ever After came back, uh, the price went up to the highest it's ever been, which is $35 a person per day. So that made me thankful of our week there beforehand, um, where, you know, we weren't quite at the brunt of that highest cost. Um, but just know that's kind of a wavelength, a factor you can consider. And I think even though that higher price tag is harsh, it sort of lets you know how important Genie Plus might be on your park days. So while paying 30 or $35 a person for it may just seem outrageous to you, it's those days that you're probably going to get the most out of it because it means the parks are busy. Um, so that's just kind of double-edged sword to keep in mind. During my trip two weeks ago, though, we only used Genie Plus for one park day. We had one-day tickets, um, four one-day tickets. So we went to each park one day no park hopping, um, and only one of those days did we utilize Genie Plus. So I want to kind of share strategies for the three parks we didn't, also a strategy I'd consider for the park where we did use it. Um, I've been very open before about which parks I think it's most helpful for, and I completely stick to that even now. That's Hollywood and Magic Kingdom. The only reason, though, that I would tell you not to get Genie Plus is for budget and money reasons. If you can budget it, if you can make it work, if you've got the money set aside for vacation, get it at all four parks. 
if you know how to use it, I don't think it's going to be something you regret. Is it more useful? Can you get more out of it at Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios? Absolutely. But it can definitely still be utilized well at Animal Kingdom and Epcot. I should have prefaced this by saying, if you don't know what Genie Plus is in regards to Walt Disney World, it's a way to skip the lines for a cost. Go back. I've got multiple episodes about it. Uh, The sooner, more recent ones, the better because it has changed. All right. So let's talk strategy for Animal Kingdom if you don't have Genie Plus. Number one, really try to rope drop. Get there early. Get on one of the heavy hitters. So something like Flight of Passage, Navi River Journey, um, the Safari. Well, scratch that. Expedition Everest. Um, those are really three good ones to get to at Rope Drop um, if you want to ride them. My family got there first thing. Flight of Passage did have a crazy long line, but it really kept moving. And I'd say within 20, 30 minutes, we were able to get on it. By that time getting off, the wait time was really pretty long. And it was for Navi River Journey as well. Um, lots of people just flocked to Pandora first thing. But knocking out one of those heavy hitter rides early on can just save you a ton of time in your day. Now, I retracted Safari because Safari normally doesn't open with that early entry if you are a Disney Resort guest. So this would be a good thing to head to, you know, second. I'll be honest, that's what my family did. And we still waited about an hour. But I do feel like waiting in line early when you're first there is a little easier if you have a long wait because you're still fresh. Hopefully everybody's had their granola bar. We're not hangry yet. Um, And it's really just nice to knock it out and get it out of the way. Um, Another thing at Animal Kingdom, things like Everest and Kilimanjaro safaris, those can get longer wait times, but normally they're not as crazy as the stuff in Pandora. Um, So if you save those for a little later, and I mean, who really wants to get soaked first thing in the morning, especially at Animal Kingdom where they're opening at like 7 or 7.30. So all in all, even if you got there late, even if you had to wait over an hour for the heavy hitters in Animal Kingdom, there really aren't that many. So if I waited an hour for Flight of Passage, for Navi River Journey, for the Safari, for Expedition Everest, and for Kilimanjaro Safaris, that's still five hours out of my day, and the park is open normally for 12. So there are still plenty of things to do. But if I get a heavy hitter done in the morning, I'd probably try to go knock out, you know, one more, and then maybe I'm overweighting. So what can I do? Animal Kingdom has a ton of rides or attractions that really have short wait times all day. So things like It's Tough to Be a Bug. That's a show that basically you hop in every 10 minutes. Um, That kept really low times our whole day there. Things like (laughs) Triceratops Spin. Um, Dinosaur had a fairly low wait. Um, Those are all things, you know, you can just go to when you pass them, when you're near them. But Animal Kingdom also has the benefit of having a ton of other things to do that have no wait. You can ride the little train over to Rafiki's Planet Watch and they'll have drawing classes back there sometimes. There's a petting zoo. There's a ton to do back there. There are the shows like
like Festival of the Lion King and Finding Nemo. If you want a great seat, yeah, look at the show times and get there an hour early. But if you just want to sit down, get there about 20 minutes early. You'll probably make it in the theater and you can find those show times in your My Disney Experience app. And then just utilize some of the trails they have around the Tree of Life um, where you can go around, look and see animals, do some of the wilderness explorer things for the kids. They've got different stations set up where you can learn things. There really is a ton to do at this park outside of the attractions. And after your family's done some things, maybe you've gotten off your feet and had some lunch, then you just chalk it up and say, okay, we're going to suck it up. We're going to wait an hour and do something. Maybe it's the heat of the day. You want to get on Cali River Rapids and uh, cool off a little bit. So great park to really just mix in the rides with other things. All right, next up, strategy for Epcot if you don't have Genie Plus. Number one, try to get there early. Try to rope drop. Try to knock out a heavy hitter first thing. So if you're staying at a Skyliner Resort, you're coming in the International Gateway, which is at the back of the park. That is perfect for you to jump on Remy's Ratatouille Adventure or run over and get on Frozen because those wait times can get well over an hour real quick and stay that way most of the day. Or if you're coming in the front of the park, please bypass the giant golf ball of Spaceship Earth. You can come back to that with a very little wait later in the day and go hop on something like Test Track or Soarin'. Those are going to be your front of the park rides. Now, if you're really there right on the rope, you might be able to knock out like two things before the park opens to everybody else. But those are sort of your heaviest hitters. Remember with Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, there isn't a standby line right now. So you're going to have to try for that virtual queue at 7 a.m. Or you can buy an individual lightning lane. But with this episode, we're assuming you're not trying to pay any extra money. So we're trying to find a workaround for that. Now, another great thing about Epcot, there are a ton of things to do that either aren't rides or have really short wait times. So I would get in first thing. Whether you made it for rope drop or not, I would just kind of suck it up and wait in one of those longer lines to get it over with and then mix in other things. So things like Finding Nemo, that ride, Figment, Living with the Land, um, Spaceship Earth, and the Big Golf Ball. Those those tend to have very short waits. The Grand Fiesta Tour over in the Mexico Pavilion, that's a fun little family boat ride. These are like five, ten minute waits. So you can sprinkle some of those rides in to get you off your feet and save you from waiting in, you know, another hour long line. Or just enjoy all the other stuff Epcot has. There's a whole aquarium. There are shows you can watch in the land pavilion and in most of the world showcase countries to kind of get off your feet, get some air conditioning. This last trip, we had no idea how many things are back in world showcase y'all like if you see a door and it doesn't say cast members only open it and go in there we found all these exhibits places to sit down um, shows and things about countries and we didn't even get to try everything that we wanted to so you could easily spend an entire day not sitting on a ride in Epcot filled with looking and seeing and learning all kinds of cool stuff. So my ultimate strategy there for you at Epcot, get on something early, take a little break, do some exploring, 
hit a ride that doesn't have a long wait time and just space out those long waits throughout your day. As it gets later, uh, I feel like a lot of people navigate toward the World Showcase. So you're probably still going to see things like Frozen and Remy's Ratatouille Adventure with long lines well into the evening. Um, And you might have better luck at the front of the park. So if you'll kind of go against the curve, um, that could help. But really just spacing out those long waits with other things that you can do during the day can be super helpful. All right, now we go to the beast, Hollywood Studios. So I was waiting in like my fifth crazy long line at Hollywood Studios two weeks ago. And I said, I'm never coming to this park again without Genie Plus. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's rough because there's not a ton of rides and everything in, you know, a busy season has got an hour, 90 minute wait or more. Um, I was actually just looking at wait times right now. It's about seven o'clock down there in Disney on a Saturday and Rise of the Resistance, Smuggler's Run, Slinky Dog, Toy Story Mania, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Those are all over 90 minutes right now. And Tower of Terror is sitting at an hour. So if you can make it work in your budget, get Genie Plus. I think it's just going to help your day. But I want to talk a little bit about strategy at this park. So number one, I still definitely agree. Try to rope drop. Try to get in there and knock something out. But if you don't get there first thing, just go to that thing you want to ride. Okay. If it has a 70 minute wait, like it did for us at Slinky Dog, you just chalk it up. You got it done first thing. Hopefully, you know, everybody had their granola bar. They're not hangry. Um, But knock out something like that quickly. By the time you get off it, the ride times are probably gonna be long and crazy. Um, So either decide to jump in another one and just knock it out or utilize some of the other things. So show-wise at Hollywood Studios, you've got Frozen Ever After. You've got the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, Beauty and the Beast. If you've got younger kids, there's a Playhouse Disney show. So I really think at Hollywood Studios, mixing some of those in between your longer waits can help um, because I definitely got much more tired with a shorter amount of park time at Hollywood Studios just standing around waiting in lines than I did when we were running all over Magic Kingdom for 12 plus hours. It wore me out a lot more standing around. So keep that in mind. Something else that we utilized for a Hollywood Studios day, which we normally don't do, we took a midday break. So we sat down for a later lunch about 1 o'clock and everybody was just exhausted. And all the wait times in front of us were, you know, an hour, 90 minutes plus. So we went back to the resort. We relaxed, the kids swam, um, and we hopped back on the Skyliner about five o'clock and came back. The wait times were still long, but we were a bit more refreshed, and we did find a few of them dropping as the night went on. So about an hour or two before park close, we were able to get on Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, I think in like 20 minutes. Um, Also, you can utilize kind of that last minute rule at all the parks for the most part, and that is the minute before the park closes, if needed, you hop in line for a ride. A lot of times they'll elevate the times to deter people, but they'll let you wait in that line. So you can knock out something. That's what our group did with Tower of Terror kind of at the last minute. You might have a little bit of luck late into the evening because right now, 
the phantasmic nighttime show um, begins right as the park closes. So a lot of people are kind of wrapping up their night and heading to that. If you don't care about seeing phantasmic, you know, as soon as it starts and you want to go hop in a ride line, um, that could be helpful. But Hollywood Studios is just tough. I would really suggest at that park maybe a sit-down meal, especially, you know, for lunch in the middle of the day to get off your feet and just take a break from waiting in the lines. But planning a midday break at that park if you don't have Genie Plus may be most beneficial and just kind of rejuvenate you. All right, and then last one, Magic Kingdom. So... At Magic Kingdom, I love having Genie Plus because there are so many rides, but I also think you can really get around it here because there are so many rides. So you're going to wait for your, you know, heavy hitters, but with them opening up more things like Tron, um, it kind of takes a little pressure off your weight for, you know, Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain, those kind of things. Um in the morning when you rope drop, what you have to remember at Magic Kingdom if you're getting there for early entry is really only the right side of the park is open. So Tomorrowland and New Fantasyland, most everybody runs to Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. And again, if that's a high one on your list, that wait time really stayed really long for us just about all day. So either just suck it up and do it first thing in the morning, get it over with, or you could use that kind of last minute rule late at night. Um, but the wait time for that did stay pretty consistently long. But really, if you will just watch your My Disney Experience app, um, you can find something to ride. If you don't have your heart set on really the heavy hitters there are going to be things like Jungle Cruise, Peter Pan, um, Space Mountain will get a decently long wait time, um, and Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Tron is just virtual queue or individual lightning lane so you don't have a standby right now for that but if you know either go in first thing wait for one of those heavy hitters and get it over with and kind of sprinkle it throughout your day but there are plenty of great family rides that you can get on hopefully without a crazy long wait time um, also just utilizing some different things happening at Magic Kingdom to your advantage if you want to ride rides so you know if there's a parade or cavalcade going by people are probably going to stop to watch it if that's something you care about great because you don't have to wait for that but if not you could utilize that time to run and get on a ride um, another plus to magic kingdom is normally the fireworks show at night is before park close when we were there it was at 9 p.m the park didn't close till 11 so big benefit if you want to go hop in line while tons of people are on main street watching fireworks do that you're probably going to see lesser wait times and a lot of those at magic kingdom will drop as the day goes on. So I would really suggest for Magic Kingdom, it tends to be the park that's open for the most hours. Kind of decide what you want to do. Do you want to get there early um, and just kind of hop around, knock out some things first thing? Or do you want to either take a midday break or come a little bit later and try to burn the night oil um, and get on some things during fireworks or near park close? Again, it's great to have Genie Plus because we probably rode seven or eight things with our Genie Plus, you know, skips and we left before everything had sold out. 
and I could have gotten on more things if I wanted. We were just tired. I think at Magic Kingdom, if you're willing to get there early or stay late, you can knock out some heavy hitters, and there are plenty of things with short waits kind of sprinkled all throughout. You know, it may just be a show. It may be Dumbo. It may be Aladdin's Magic Carpets, um, but you can definitely get your family on something to get off their feet, or you can always go to the Tiki Room and watch that show to take a little break without a big wait. Also, I think at Magic Kingdom, just grabbing a snack and sitting in that main hub and people watching um, can just be really, really nice and make that your own ride that you won't have to wait for. All right, friends, we're a little hodgepodgey today, and I'll stand right by it that I think if you can budget into your vacation Genie Plus for Hollywood Studios and Magic Kingdom, you will find it well worth the money. But if that's not in the budget, I just wanted to give you some some tips and things to think about and biggest one would just be for any park do a little research look on your my disney experience app and just look for all the other things that are there that aren't rides so that if your family your friends group is just over waiting in line you know something else to suggest whether it's a show on the castle or a little you know documentary they could watch just to kind of stay entertained but get off their feet you've got some other things that could be utilized so that they freshen up and are ready to go wait in line again if needed but use that my disney experience app keep a look on those wait times if you see something drop power walk yourself over there if you can um, and hop in that line. But having that technology is really nice um, to kind of navigate through the parks. All right, everyone, I thank you so much for listening today. I hope if you are planning to head to one of these theme parks and Genie Plus just isn't something you want to utilize for whatever reason, you got some ideas of other things you can do. But as always, I thank you so much for listening. Would love to help you answer any Disney questions or plan that next magical vacation. You can find all my contact info in the show notes and hope you have a magical day. Bye-bye.